0: Our guest for today's episode is my dear friend, Caroline Chandel. Caroline is a brilliant speaker, Bible teacher, and writer who just released a brand new ebook called Live Here, Love Now. Now, do you guys have that girl in your life who's a few years older than you and that you've always looked up to? Someone who's smart and wise and wonderful and beautiful, and you're hoping that you can be just a little bit like her when you grow up? That's how I feel about Caroline. She's been a mentor in my life for years, a woman who's taught me so much about who God is and about who I am because of who God is, and I am so happy to get to introduce you to her today. We talk about so much in this episode, what to do when you don't get something you really want, how to celebrate with your friends when they get something you really want, how to stay friends with your friends when you're in different seasons of life, how to live a life of presence and gratitude, how to really step into our God-given identity, and so much more. I cannot wait to share this episode with you. But before I do, can I tell you guys a secret? Well, okay, I guess it's not exactly a secret, but it's something I've been working on behind the scenes that I am giddy to finally get to tell you about. So to back up a little bit, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but my husband, Carl, is an amazing graphic designer. Well, a few months ago, we were talking about Girls' Night and how much I love y'all and this community we've created here. And then all of a sudden it occurred to me, I was like, Carl, I really, really wish we had some girls' night gear. Like I wish we had some sweatshirts or t-shirts or something to wear at our girls' nights or to give to our friends who we have our girls' nights with. Well, anyway, Carl let me talk for a second before he stopped me and he said, Steph, I'm a graphic designer. You know we can make these, right? Guys, I do not know why I didn't ask him sooner. So Carl and I have been behind the scenes working for the last few months to create sweatshirts and t-shirts, a coffee mug and more that are all inspired by the amazing women in our Girls Night community and that are the absolute perfect gift for the wonderful women in your life. Guys, I am giddy about this. So everything's going to be ready and up in my shop first thing in the morning on Black Friday, which is at the end of November, the day after Thanksgiving, and it'll all be available for the Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday shopping weekend. That way we can knock out our Christmas shopping all at once and with awesome discounts. And then we can be fully present for the whole month of December. That's my favorite way to do Christmas shopping. Oh, one quick side note. I know we have women listen to episodes all year. So you may be listening to this like way after Christmas and wondering, um, are these still a thing? Is this still available? Guys, go ahead and go to my shop. It's smawilsonshop.com and you can see all the goodness that we have in there. Um, It might be a little bit different than what we have here for Black Friday, but we'll definitely have some fun things for you to check out. Like I said, guys, I'm so excited about this. I've been dreaming things up for so long now. Carl and I have been working so hard on this, and I just cannot wait to get these things in your hands. We have a sweatshirt coming too, actually, that are the coziest thing in my closet. Truly, I cannot take them off. I just cannot bring myself to take them off, no matter where we go. It's getting kind of embarrassing, but I'm not even worried about it. Y'all, I'll be sharing updates over on Instagram, so make sure we're friends so that you're the very first to know when the new things are available. I also want to let you know we have really, really limited quantities of everything, so if you see something you want, make sure to grab it quickly. Okay, guys, I'm so happy I could tell you about this. I cannot wait for Thanksgiving, and with all of that said, let's dive into my conversation with Caroline. So friends, I am so excited for what we have today. I'm sitting here with a dear friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, Caroline Chandel. Caroline, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and I'm really excited to hear your fun fact because I have no idea what you're going to say.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I have known Stephanie for years back when we were both in the world race world, and So I am now married to my husband, Mark. We have two kids, Eloise, who's almost three, and Cadence who's almost one. And we live in Atlanta. And in the last few years, I have gotten a seminary degree. I got my master's in divinity and am having some writing projects that I'm launching or hope to launch next year. So kind of have my hands in a a few different things. And let's see, fun fact. So I would say my fun fact is that a few years ago, not many people know this about me, but I, over a course of about three or four months, learned guitar and wrote a song and performed that song in front of a group of creative, very musically talented people.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. What? Okay. How did you
1: tell me more about this? I need to hear more. Yeah. So we when I was involved with the world race, we would get to hang out with Melissa and Jonathan Helzer uh, at times. And they began to stir in me this idea that we all have a song in us and facing fears and just going after the things that we think we can't do. And one of my givens in life that I just was convinced wasn't possible is that I do not sing. I cannot sing. I will not sing. And I, I am fairly comfortable speaking in front of people as comfortable as you can be. But when it comes to singing, no way. And through it, I just hanging around with them. And then one day, Melissa did this big event for us where we had about 50 people under this giant tent in Georgia. And everyone was supposed to sing out a note in front of the whole group. And so one by one, everyone who went by. I was so nervous. My heart was beating out of my chest. I mean, I was literally, I thought I could faint. I was so nervous by it. My note came and I sang this terribly off key note, and, but I did it. I did it. And it just made me realize that, okay, this could actually be a fear that maybe I could move past. And so a few months later, I signed up for a creative school here in Atlanta. And the assignment was you had to do a big project at the end and move out of your comfort zone and do something you don't think you could do, didn't think you could do. And so I chose that I was going to learn guitar and write a song and sing it for this group of people who a lot of them were trying to get record deals and were very musically talented. And so my day came, I talked to my friend Braden. he t- taught me a few chords that he says pretty much every song you need these chords in. So he taught me those chords and the day came and I sang it and it was definitely not a home run, but I did it. <laughs> oh, So I faced that fear, and it was amazing for that reason. But no one would know that because I will likely never do it again.
0: Before that, (laughs) I did it. This is a (laughs) one-time thing, (laughs) Caroline. I love knowing that about you because one, I so I was in choirs and stuff all growing up, but singing by myself really, truly might be one of my biggest fears. Like the fainting, like yes, that level of panic. Like I feel like sound the sounds I want to make with my voice that I think I can. Like if I'm by myself or if I'm in a group, cannot come out when it's just by myself. Like I I feel like right. I had to like be drugged to do choir auditions. Um <laughs> but it was funny because on the World Race, I went through a breakup like right as it was beginning and I was my heart was like totally broken and I I um had a girlfriend Casey who knew how to play guitar. And I remember I was listening to, we were in Romania and I was listening to um, Taylor Swift's Tim McGraw. And I was like, <laughs> case... I want to learn to play guitar. I need to do something with my broken heart here. And so my dad is a, a big guitar player. And he said, Steph, if you will actually play this guitar, I will buy you a guitar. We found like $150 guitar in Romania. Wow. I carried it around the entire world. And I made my dad a promise that if he bought me this guitar, I would play it every day. And I did. And oh, I, actually, that's amazing. Like, I actually kind of learned how to play. And I learned how to play Tim McGraw by Taylor Swift and <laughs> sang it woefully. And I mean, it just, i I, and I haven't really played much since. I can't, you know, I'd have to like really get back into it, but it was yes. such, it was the uh, same thing. Totally. One of those things I never thought I would do. And yeah. Singing in front of some people on the, on the world race that, and I, gosh, I never thought I would be that person. And yeah, when, you, like, when we get to face our fears like that and we get to even do something, even if it's terrible, I just think we don't give ourselves the opportunity to be really bad at something right. enough, you know?
1: Right. And it's I, an amazing thing when you just face that fear and decide, even if I'm really bad, I'm going to do it because yes. of what that will do for me and how it will free me up. And so,
0: yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, my wheels are spinning now. I'm like, okay, what am I really bad at? What do I want right. to try? Yes. Right.
1: Cause it was just a given to me. I just thought I don't sing. And then all of a sudden one day I was like, well, what if I could,
0: what if I did? what would that do? You know? Yes. What would it like (laughs) unlock in you? Um, gosh, that's so cool. Okay. If anyone listening is thinking about their thing, if you guys try decide to try something, you have to like send Caroline and I a message. Cause I really, um, me and Caroline a message. I really want to see what everyone tries. Yeah, definitely. I love that. that. (laughs) Well, Caroline, I am so thrilled and honored to have you on the show. I, truly have looked up to you for years and years and years. I, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this, but we actually both worked at the same church in Boulder, Colorado, right? Yeah. And I, so we weren't there at the same time, but I remember when I was learning about the world race, someone said, Hey, you need to connect with Caroline Crawford at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to talk to her about the world race. Cause she works there now. And I remember, I think I was emailing you like, asking you 8 million questions, which is always so fun when you're like, all the information's on the website, but sure, I'll answer (laughs) this for you. (laughs) Um, But I I just, I think that was the first time I kind of came across you. And I remember just from the second I met you, I felt like I could see, like you inspired me so much because you have so much... Like looking at you and in- interacting with you, it is so clear how well you know the Lord. And I just felt like, like she radiates confidence and security and. Almost like authority, like she knows who God is and she knows who she is because of who God is. And I didn't have that at all when I met you. And I remember thinking like, as you know, that was a lot of the journey that I got to go on, you know, that year when, when I was traveling was, you know, I want that. I want to know who God is and I want to know who I am because of who God is. And I want to radiate that kind of confidence. And I just remember seeing it you and, and thinking, I want that too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so I, I love, just you. And I've learned so much from you over the years. And I'm so excited for the girls to get to hear from you, especially because I love what you've been doing lately. And really the, the thing that I've, you know, I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. The thing that was like, this is happening was I got to read a blog post that you wrote maybe a a couple months ago about a story about a house. And I really, (laughs) I mean, I have a thousand questions for you, but I would love to start there. I would love to hear the story of the house because it just, it just, Like I learned so much through hearing what you Mm -hmm. learned. So tell us the story of the house. Yes. The story of the house. So three
1: years ago I was pregnant with our daughter Eloise and we, at the time we were living in Atlanta in a tiny two bedroom condo living the urban life. And when we got close to having her just really wanting to have more space as a family, I just, I wanted to nest. I wanted to feel like there was a space that could be hers And so I began looking to see what other options there were to rent around here. And so one morning, I did a quick search on Zillow and this house popped up. And instantly when I saw it, I fell in love with it. It was just everything that I was hoping to find here in Atlanta. It was a little bungalow that had more space. It had a cute little backyard, cute porch that I could imagine sitting on and drinking, sitting and drinking coffee on. Just... It was just this sweet little house that was down the street from our friends. So it was just going to offer us all kinds of things that we really wanted, community safety, more space. So I must've emailed them. I mean, I think the listing came up and five minutes later, I'm emailing them saying, we want this. I don't even need to see it. How can I make this happen? And they wrote me back and said, you have to wait until the open house. This is how we do it. Once everyone comes to the open house, we'll receive all applications and make a decision. So the day the open house comes and I went with my friend Cindy to go check it out, hoping someone would notice how gigantically pregnant, pregnant I was and have pity. And please give this woman the house before she has the baby. So we're walking around and I'm just, I love it. It was, it's nothing special of a house, but it was everything that I was looking for. And so it felt like that piece of the puzzle that I was saying to God, if this just would click in a place then we're good. Like the season is great. I'll feel like we have everything we need or want in order to move forward. And so we send in our application, write a letter telling them how eager we are that we would love this house. And a few days later is coming. You're like, no, really it's coming now. Yeah, please. (laughs) So we sent it all in, waited, prayed, had other people praying. And a few days later, I was at a friend's wedding and I received the phone call from the property manager that just said very plainly, you did not get the house. We had too many applications. And so the people with the highest gross income got it. And that wasn't you guys. And that I felt so disappointed. And I remember crying that evening about it and just trying to process over the next few days that this was something I really wanted and we it wasn't going to be ours. And that can be really hard, especially when you have a long list of why this makes sense. This This fits all the boxes, God. This is everything that would work well for us. And so to realize that all of that didn't change the fact that this house wasn't ours. And so I felt the deep disappointment. And I know in the grand scheme of life, this is a rental house. This is not some huge thing, but it, it was real disappointment for me. And so I was trying to process a lot with my husband and trying to come to a good place with it because we're about to have a baby and me thinking about this house for the next few weeks or moving into becoming a mom is just not going to be healthy. And so I knew I needed to figure out a way to move myself out of this place of disappointment. So I drove back to the house and I am such a firm believer that our words have power and life and blessing to affect us and affect those around us. And so I I did really the only thing that I know to do that works for me when I face real disappointment. And so I drove back to the house and very creepily sat in my car in front of the house And just began to pray blessings and thankfulness for God, what God was doing. Because God was still doing something. He just wasn't doing it with us in this house. And so I sat there and just said, thank you, God, so much for this family and for the memories that we made in this house. Just thinking, if I can join you, Lord, in what you're doing, then I'll probably think less about what... I'm not doing what you're not doing for me and probably also shift my attention to the things that you are doing. But this house wasn't our gift in this season. And so the way I knew how to move myself away from that was to just speak love and honor and blessing onto what he was doing for that family. So I did and I ended it with, and God, I pray over this family and all the families after this, that this would be a house of your goodness and presence. Amen. Amen. And so that was a very critical moment for me of moving myself out of disappointment and into the season that God had us in. And so from that time, we stayed in our little two-bedroom condo, and it worked out really well for us. We ended up moving to Florida for a year and a half for my husband's work. And so it, it was exactly what we needed. And after living in Florida for a year and a half, we came to move back to Atlanta and once again, we're faced with the fact that it's really difficult finding a rental property here in Atlanta and how are we going to do this from Florida? And so we, I was again, pregnant this time with <laughs> our son, Caden, and trying to go through all of our options. We were really clear that we were not going to spend any more on our rent than what we are currently spending in Florida. So we capped it there, which eliminated a lot of options in Atlanta and we just began looking at things and ultimately came to a place of realizing it's very likely we're just going to have to rent an apartment, an apartment complex, get our feet on the ground, and we'll figure out things from there. So that was the plan. I didn't love the plan, but I knew I could handle it and we would, we'd get there. And then a few days later, after Mark had kind of given me that conversation of, I really think we just need to go the apartment complex route. I was looking online and I hadn't done that in a while and up popped this exact same house from two years prior that was back on the rental market set at the exact price that we said we would not go over. And we reached out to them to see if it were available and found out two things. One, that they're having a really hard time with making an um scheduling an open house because of the family in it and trying to coordinate schedules and two that they only rent to people who have seen the property. And so because we have seen the property and we want the property, they did not do any open house, let us put our application in and from Florida we landed this rental property here in Atlanta.
0: I just love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh man, I feel like I just want to like sit with it and just like soak it in because I love that. um, I was talking to some friends about this last night that, you know, we, I think so often are looking at the plan for our lives and we're thinking, God, like going from A to B to C to D, this makes sense. This is what I want. This is what I've planned. This is what makes sense. But when we really open things up to him, we, God takes us from like A to purple, And you're like, oh, I didn't know you could count like that. You know, I mean, he, he has, you know, he takes us from A to like cucumber and then 7.5. And you're like, that's not, those aren't numbers, God. Those are, those aren't even letters. And, but he just has ways of connecting things that we can't see from from our vantage point. Yeah. I feel like the most special part of that story is not that you lost this house and you were devastated and then like the story wouldn't be good if you were just bummed and devastated for two years and then finally got what you'd been begging for. The most beautiful part of the story is what you did in the disappointment. And so I know that like, I've heard you say that disappointment is a really holy thing that, that really beautiful things, um, that it's sacred work. Can you kind of talk about Mm -hmm. that? Like, what did you learn about disappointment and, and how we handle that? Like talk, kind of talk us through that. Yeah.
1: So This house was, to me, the biggest thing that God taught me in it was that in the midst of being disappointed, I had the opportunity to, in fact, speak blessing on my family when I didn't even know it, when we would call that home. And that was an opportunity that has struck me so much about what is available in the places of disappointment. We have no clue what God is doing with our story. And with the story of the house, I have often said the story changed and it got better. It was so much better than I could have imagined, but the story changed. I had my story of how we were going, like you said, from A to B and the story completely changed, but it was so much better because of what God did and really so much better because of what he taught me in that place of disappointment. And I think When I say that disappointment is such sacred work, I'm saying that there are unique opportunities that are available to us only when we are facing what isn't. When we are living in that tense place of this isn't happening or this hasn't happened yet. And so there is this opportunity to really meet God and believe beyond what it is that we're seeing before us. And when I think about the house or when I think about... Place being in that place of disappointment, realizing that it matters so much what we do there when we are in the middle of this hasn't happened. Again, it is such a huge opportunity to encounter God in that place, to meet God who is more than what He is or isn't doing, but who He is with us. And one of the greatest revelations we can consistently unpack in our lives forever is that God is with us. That he is right there in the middle of our disappointment. And it's easy to begin to spin or swirl with what isn't happening and why it should and how can I force or make it happen. But the other opportunity there is to stay in that place of I'm resting in you. You are here. And so I'm going to be here with you and I'm going to encounter and grow with you, God, no matter what is or isn't happening around us. And so for me, what Ultimately, I would say gets offered in the disappointment is this really costly offering of praise back to God. So when I was in that car thanking God, there were tears streaming down my face. It's not like I was doing this from such an easy place. It was difficult. I was very disappointed. But I was also choosing to believe beyond that that you are doing something amazing for this family and for my family that I can't see. And that is what disappointment offers us. The ability to offer up to God thankful words and grateful hearts that are above what is or isn't before us in the moment. So that's what makes that place so holy to me, right? Like the faith isn't being able to see what's in front of us. Faith is being able to see beyond what's in front of us and believe beyond and hope beyond what it is before our eyes. So
0: do you think that, so I'm picturing all the different seasons in life where we can feel disappointed or where we're stuck in the waiting or where we're feeling like God isn't doing what we're hoping he's going to do when, when we're hoping he's Mm -hmm. going to do it. And I also know that in those seasons, we, we say God has a plan for us. But I almost wonder and and I believe that that's true, but I almost wonder if and and I don't think that we can i think god's God's plan and God's heart for us is bigger than anything we can sort of mess up on our own you know I don't think that if we take one step to the left we're going to totally miss the whole thing but I do yeah I do wonder if and I want to hear what you think about this I wonder if a way that we actually kind of can mess it up is by by sitting in that that anger and that disappointment in the waiting and not not opening our hand back up. Like, I don't know if we're able to grab what he has for us, if we won't stop letting go, if our fist is so tightly closed on the thing that we didn't get. Do you know what I mean? Does that, I don't know Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think it is really looking at today
1: and seeing that there's such an invitation for us, that we're not powerless, that God has enabled us right in the place that we are to engage with him and engage with what he's doing and and moving ourselves, redirecting our attention to what he is doing. I think it's often really easy in places of disappointment to become fixated in what isn't. So I could be so fixated that I didn't get this house that I would completely forget the fact that I'm about to have a daughter. God is bringing life forth from my body. God is building my family. He has given me an amazing condo that works for us in this season. And to me... What is powerful that we can do in the disappointment then is to redirect our attention to what he is doing and stay as best as we can in that place of, okay, God, I am going to partner with partner with you and where you are and where you are moving and what you are doing and let this stuff be believing that you are crafting a story bigger and better than I can see in this moment. And so this actually, I believe you will move and do what you want in it when you want to make it a beautiful story at some point.
0: Yeah. I think that if we, if we don't embrace today, what God is doing, then we won't be able to embrace what he's going to do next. Yeah, If we're so focused on what he's doing next or what he hasn't done, we're missing the thing that's actually going to get us there. Um, we're yep. missing the lessons that he has to teach us so that we can be a good partner to the person we marry or he's missing you know if we're in a job we don't like and we're just so focused on the job that we're going to have next well the job that we don't like that we're currently in is how we're going to get the experience that is going to get us the next job and so if we don't show up in the job that we currently have we won't be re- we won't be able to accept the blessing that he has for us next we won't be ready for it yeah i was thinking about um luke 16:10 and you know we know this verse a lot but i feel like it it really fits here, but it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And it's like, whatever God has given us today, that's what he's entrusted us with. And we get to, we get to like, okay, here's, this is kind of a random example. You know, we're talking about houses, but I could watch like endless hours of HGTV. It's totally Mm -hmm. where my brain just shuts off. (laughs) I love it. But it's funny how people will say, you know, we can't entertain in our house. Our house is really small. We need a bigger house so we can entertain. But the thing is, if you don't entertain in your small house, if you don't have friends over and feed people in your small house, you're not going to do it in a big house. It's The problem isn't the house. The problem is is getting over the hump of inviting people into your home. And and I think that that's the same with every part of our lives. If we're not embracing and doing the best we can with what Mm -hmm. God's given us today, we're not going to be able to do it tomorrow. That right. ability shows up in the doing, you know? Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm so with you in that. I think the opportunity always t- is to be really faithful to what's before us and that paves the way to what comes next. And Mark and I really lived this the last year where we feel like multiple times we've experienced real breakthroughs from God that have come out of small choices to stay in a place of honoring people in our lives, even if They aren't acting the way we want or are treating us the way that we'd like them to and being really grateful. That is something that we are consistently going back to in our family is the words, but we are thankful, but Mm -hmm. we are thankful. So even though it's small today, even though it's not everything it is today, we don't want to ever become entitled people. And so thankfulness is such a great way to just keep us anchored to what everything that's before us right now has been gifted everything before us are things that we get to receive with grateful hearts and if we do more life and more blessing will come from it and it may not be in the way we want and we may not have control over how or when it looks but thankfulness is definitely the soil that god continues to move and grow things from Oh, that's so
0: good. Caroline, you just came out with an ebook called Live Here, Love Now. And I did. just loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And one of the stories that you tell in it is so perfect for what we're talking about right now. You talk about how when you moved to Georgia, you were living with your friend, Andy, mm-hmm. um, who's also amazing. And um, how pretty quickly when you guys you know, we're sort of starting this life together. You were super excited about living together and about this new season. Uh, Andy met Brayden. Yes. And things changed. Can you kind of talk about that? Because the way that you handled that speaks so clearly to exactly what we're talking about right now. And I know it's something that every single woman listening is going yes. to relate to.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So Andy and I came off the mission field from the world race and we were, pretty much instant best friends from the time that we met. And so while we were traveling the world, obviously we just talked endless hours about who our husbands would be and what they would be like and what it would all look like and just dreaming it up. And so when we moved to Georgia, pretty quickly, probably a few months in, she met her husband, Braden. And Brayden and Andy's connection was instant. It was one of those things where they are the epitome of the words, God does not work quickly, but he always moves suddenly. And it was such a suddenly that she had waited so long and this man comes in and overnight it is, they are talking marriage and wedding and where they're going to live and all of it. And it was amazing, but it was also very much a loss and a transition for me because our relationship then changed overnight. The givens that I had before of, I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend, but I'll hang out with Andy then became the awkward, Oh no, we're not. (laughs) You are doing other things. So just coming to that place of, we had to kind of shift ourselves and figure out what this new rhythm would be for us. And, and that was messy at times. It was tricky, but in it all, I made a two, a couple conscious choices that made all the difference. One was that I wanted Andy to be my best friend 10 years from now or 10 years from then, which she is. And that helped put in perspective some of my feelings in the moment that what was happening in that season was messy. And we were all trying to figure it out. And she'd never done that before. I'd never walked a friend through it in that degree before. And so there's a level of grace that we could offer each other because we wanted to make sure our relationship lasted. Uh, the other choice though was kind of along the lines of what we're talking about, but choosing to celebrate what God was doing. It was really easy for me and would have been for me to put myself in the middle of the story and see the whole thing that was playing out based on me in the middle and what was happening or not happening and how it affected me. So what the way that I was hurt, the way that I was forgotten, whatever the the thing would be. It'd be really easy to do that. And that, to put me in the center and begin to see it from that lens is kind of victim to this whole scenario. One, ejects me out of what God is doing because he was clearly doing something really beautiful. And two, will lead me right to a place of bitterness and resentfulness. I would just easily go then to a place of feeling so hurt. And so in it, I felt quickly that God Offer me a different option, and made it very clear to me that this is what I'm doing. I am building family and legacy and something beautiful through Andy and Braden's love story. And so you can join in and celebrate in with what I am doing. And if you do, then you're going to reap the life and blessing and harvest of that with them. Or I could stay in that place of of missing it, and I didn't want to miss it because. This was what God was doing. And so I did. I just really made as many choices as I could to stay in a place of celebrating and thanking God for what He was doing. And in it, I think made, learned a couple of things. One being that we can look at people as obstacles on our journey or as reminders of what we don't have. Or we can look at them as these living testimonies that they are declaring to us what is possible through God at work in our lives. And so I tried as best as I could in that story to look at Andy and say, Man, God didn't move quickly, but He moved so suddenly in your life. And if He moved so suddenly in your life, maybe He's moving so suddenly in my life, too. And maybe if God heard your prayer and answered it in this way and brought you this amazing man, maybe God will bring me an amazing man, too. And so then she became this this testimony to me of what is possible through God at work.
0: I— that is game changing. Like, that is, it's game changing for all of us in so yeah. many different ways. And, you know, we're all in this place for different reasons. For, you know, a lot of us, it's watching our friends get into relationships and get married. And, um, you know, we're wondering, like, why isn't this happening for me? And then the immediate next thing is, okay, all my friends are getting pregnant and either I'm not there yet. And that brings a whole bunch of, you know, turmoil or stress or I'm trying and it's not working. And yeah. that brings a whole bunch with it, you know? Um, yep. But the thing about the whole whole thing is that someone else getting into a relationship doesn't mean you're not going to. Right. They didn't get in a relationship instead of you. Our our stories are all next to each other. They're not, yeah. one doesn't take from from another one. A, a friend getting pregnant doesn't mean, has a friend getting pregnant has absolutely no bearing on your fertility at all. Yeah. Um, and a friend getting into a relationship, that wasn't going to be your husband anyway. Um, right. That doesn't that doesn't have any bearing on on whether you are going to or are not going to and that's true all across the board and i think the decision that you made is so important and i think you know something that i'm asked about all the time is how to maintain friendships when you're in different seasons and a lot mm. of the women in my community are feeling really left behind and really abandoned by their friends as they get into relationships and get married and I totally hear that. And I felt yeah. that. And I think sometimes, you know, the situation is obviously different every time, but I think sometimes the women getting married do a really bad job and they really do not, they, they really don't do a good job of maintaining their friendships or seeking out their friendships in the midst of a relationship. And it's really easy. I feel like a lot of us have been there when you're falling in love. It's really easy to just I don't know. Like, I feel like I didn't even sleep mm-hmm. for like six months when Carl and I started dating. Like, I don't know what I was doing. I just wasn't sleeping. So it's kind of, <laughs> it, in some ways, you're so wrapped up in it that things fall by the wayside. But at the same time, it is also really important that we, if we're the ones moving into the next season, that we really do a good job of, of pursuing our friendships. And so sometimes that doesn't happen and that requires conversations and it requires like, if if we're going to get through that, it requires, you know, feedback, like, Hey, this is, I, you know, did you have to give Andy? I'm sure you did. Yes, definitely.
1: Definitely. And we were both, it was all, it was tricky because of course, on one hand, she, this is what she's been waiting for, for decades and it's coming to pass. And so she, yes, be consumed by this. God is doing this amazing thing and also figuring out how to maintain space in her life for her single best friend who wasn't there. And, and we did, we, we talked about it and she was so gracious to me in the moments that I responded more out of emotions than out of truth. And I was gracious to her in the moments that she was figuring it out and fumbling through it herself and believing though that, and I think this is a key in relationships. I believed the posture of her heart was for me and that she wanted me to be a part of that story. And so that even though in moments it didn't play out as perfectly as I wanted, I knew that her heart was one of, she wanted me there with her. And my heart was one of, I want to be there. And sometimes I'm going to do that really well. And sometimes I'm probably not, but that's where grace is really something that we need and, and becomes amazing because to trust the posture of each other's hearts, to trust that our hearts are leaned in wanting for each other to be part of the story gave us the grace to say, Hey, it's okay it's okay. It didn't work out best last night for dinner. We'll try again. Next time we all go out or or next time, next weekend, let's make sure that there's time. And so then we did, we learned a new rhythm in our lives. And I think that's something that happens throughout all of friendships because now Andy and I are both moms. And so there's a whole new rhythm of stay. what does it look like to stay connected or find space and time for each
0: other in the middle of all the other demands in being moms. So. Yes. I think the grace thing on both sides is so important. I think that, you know, when our friends are, you know, my, my best friend Kelsey just had her second baby, which is as, I mean, as you know, I don't know this yet, but a crazy transition. Yeah. And we haven't gotten to talk quite as much as we normally do because she's like barely sleeping and figuring out Mm -hmm. all the things that go with having two kids under, well, barely almost under 2 almost 2 under 2 and i think that like i've you know i've had to make the decision of stuff like this is a season this is temporary how can yes. how can i support her how can i love her because same thing i want to be her best friend in 10 years and if mm-hmm. i choose to respond in like frustration or why haven't you called me more or you know we had a phone date that was supposed to happen yesterday and you never called or something which is really easy for us to go there that's I'm dropping my half of it. I'm dropping the part that's mine to carry. My job is grace and my job is being there for her and my job is showing up for her extra because she can't, she's not really in a place where where she can show up for me as much as she normally does right now. And I think that I I love that you did that with Andy. And I think that that's, you know, our friends, when we're the ones who are moving into the next season, we really need to, Remember our friends and make space for them yeah. as best as we can. And we need to give them grace when they're hurting and when, and remember that while they're so happy for us at our wedding, also it might be rubbing against some, some sadness in their life. But also as the friend, when we're the one who's not quite there yet in whatever the season is, yeah. it is our job to be graceful for them, to show up for them, to, to make the drive, to make the time to, to call and try calling again and to send food and to, to just be there for them. And, and I love and to celebrate them and not mm-hmm. to let bitterness take hold because that's when friendships end and it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, definitely. Hey friends, I hope you're loving this conversation with Caroline as much as I am. Isn't she great? I wanted to pop in for one quick second to thank our sponsor for this week. Now I love our girls night sponsors and I love them for two reasons. The first is because they allow us to keep doing what we love This show would not be possible without our sponsors, and I am so grateful to them for their support. The second reason I love our sponsors is because they are such cool companies. I love getting to tell you about them. One of my favorite parts about Girls' Nights with my best friends is that we get to share things with each other that we are truly loving. I have found my favorite taco place, my favorite brand of blue jeans, and my dentist all through the recommendations of my girlfriends. And I've been telling all of my girlfriends about this week's sponsor. I am so excited to tell you about them too. So our sponsor for this week is a company I just love. It's called Lola. So here's the thing. We care about the ingredients in the food we eat and in the beauty products we use. So why shouldn't the same be true about our feminine care products? Lola is a female founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all natural cleansing wipes. They're 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes, which is amazing and makes me totally freaked out about what I've been using up until this point. What is in our products? But with Lola, we don't have to worry, and that's only one of the reasons I love them. So not only are the products natural and organic, but they come in a simple, customizable subscription so you'll never need to make another frantic trip to the drugstore. And have that awkward moment with a checkout guy where you're trying not to make eye contact? Does anyone else feel that way? Lola delivers exactly what you need, exactly when you need it, right to your door. It's super easy. All you do is sign up for a subscription and it is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, your mix of absorbency, your number of boxes, and the frequency you want them delivered. The subscription is super flexible, so you can change, skip, or cancel at any time. Y'all, I got my latest Lola delivery a few weeks ago and I am such a fan. The delivery process is so easy. The products they delivered are so personally tailored to me. The box that came in is super cute and well-designed, but my favorite part is that I don't need to worry about what's in these products that we use so intimately in our lives. And the fact that it's a company for women, founded by women, love it. Oh, one other thing that's super cool. For every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the US. Isn't that great? Friends, I love this company. And actually the only way I could love Lola anymore is if they had a gift for y'all, which of course they do. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter promo code GIRLSNIGHT when you subscribe. I want to give you guys that information one more time just to make sure you have it. For 40% off of all subscriptions, go to mylola.com and enter promo code GIRLSNIGHT when you subscribe. Lola, I am such a fan of you. Thank you so much for all the great work you're doing and thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. Okay, you guys ready? Let's hop back into my conversation with Caroline. Caroline. So, Caroline, you talk about so many things in this book that I just loved. One of the things that you talk about is how to own our thoughts. And mm. this is something that, you know, you talked about how our words are powerful, which actually I would love for you to touch on that too, because I know that our thoughts are our words unsaid. Um, yeah. And I and I would love to hear, I I've learned so much about this from you, just how we own our thoughts and how our thought life and how we speak about ourselves and about our life impacts being able to like love our lives where we are right now. Yeah, definitely. So this is something I am really passionate about in my
1: own life and have talked about in the ebook and elsewhere is just, there's such a difference between thinking and speaking from a place of experience and thinking and speaking from a place of truth. And so if we take the example of Andy, it can be really easy to look at what's happening around and to begin to formulate thoughts and ideas and truth from that place. So it'd be really easy to look at what's around and feel that I'm not being noticed by men or by God, you know, like all the things I was single and wanting to be married and my best friends getting married. So there were all kinds of things that I could feel of unnoticed, unwanted, late behind, and all of those things can then for me to think certain thoughts. So because I'm feeling that stuff, then I'm thinking, well, things are never going to change, or it's always going to be like this, or no guy's ever going to want me. And then that becomes the thoughts that I am ruminating on. And, And that then affects everything that comes from us. Then what comes from us is just this sense of we're powerless and everything's happening to us. We can't do anything about it. But there's such a different way in it. And the way is starting from the place of what is God's truth and based on what God's truth is, then having the thoughts that we're actually holding space for in our minds to be those thoughts that are the thoughts God has for us. And so if you take, again, the example with Andy, with the truth that God is good, changes everything of how I see the situation with God is good means that what I'm looking at before me is a display of God's goodness in my life. And that Andy moving out of my life and there being now space in it for someone else to fill is also a display of God's goodness. And so it's a whole different lens. Then all of a sudden, what we are dealing with and experiencing in our lives, we are processing through the truth of who God is. So it's elevating us to see things that are happening around us and think from that place of what's actually true. God is good. God is moving. God has a plan. And even if I don't see it right now, that doesn't determine, that doesn't dictate the thoughts I think, right? So there's always two choices. We can, we can approach life And have what we're thinking about it and how we respond to it be completely dictated by our experience. So everything's just fueling what we think and how we respond. Or it can be all determined by God in us and God for us and God through us. And that then changes everything of the way that we're looking at situations, the disappointment becomes the opportunity, the loss becomes a space for something new, the unmet expectation becomes expectancy for what God could do even still. And so it's a completely different way where we are living well, what life is versus spinning and swirling all around because of what isn't happening and what's out of our control.
0: I love that so much. That is so. I'm so glad that you said that. Something that you, you know, you kind of mentioned this when you were talking about being at the house and speaking blessing. And can you kind of talk about like speaking words over ourselves? And I know you have like so many thoughts on this. And this is like one of my favorite things that I've learned from you. This made a huge difference for, you know, because I think that there is a, there, so we know that in, in Psalm 139, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, but how often does that not feel true? Like yeah. we, we know this is true. This is here yes. in one hand. And then in the other hand, we feel like, I've, you know, put on 5 pounds and my hair looks bad today and I have nothing to wear and yep. that girl looks flawless and all these things and we're holding those one in each hand. Yes. And I think that it's the ch- the challenge is knowing God's truth but believing it. Mm-hmm. Like putting it on as if it was your outfit in the morning. Mm-hmm. And the way that I feel like you taught me to do this was through our words, through speaking words over ourselves, through declaring things um, over ourselves. And I do believe that at one point you've made me stand on a chair and say (laughs) things about myself, which actually is like maybe one of my favorite memories in life. So can you just like talk to us about speaking truth over ourselves because, and, and why we may, why we should maybe stand on chairs when we do it. (laughs)
1: Yes, totally. So, right. There are two choices in life to live from a place of experience or live from a place of truth first. And so, like you're saying, it's moving to a place of, okay, I believe these things about God, but then how do I actively participate with that truth almost? Like, how do I lean myself into the truth that God is good? Well, a great way to do this is to use your voice. There is power in the tongue of life and death. So we always have the choice when we speak forth words that they will carry life into us, our relationships, the people around us, or they will carry death into the people, relationships, or environments around us. And so in learning this for myself, it has been probably one of the most powerful practical tools for me of speaking forth words of life, especially when I don't feel it or when the environment around me is telling me something completely different. Courage to me is to believe beyond what we're seeing, and then speak forth those words boldly. And so to see that, okay, so today I am feeling all these things, right? Like you said, I feel like I'm not measuring up. I feel like I'm failing at everything. I'm not handling all my priorities well, and I'm probably failing a lot of people. That's what I feel. If you look at yourself in the mirror, even for just two minutes, and you begin to tell yourself who you are, it shifts everything. And so you looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I am full of God's spirit in me. I am empowered and equipped for whatever's before me today. I have the opportunity to live well this story. And this story is my story. I have courage and boldness and confidence because of who he says I am. I have wisdom to know what to do with the decisions before me. And as you say those things, which is just agreeing with what God is saying over us, that's all it's doing. We are just agreeing with the words that God's speaking over us. And in that, pulling ourselves kind of higher to meet Him where He is in it, upgrading to where God is, it changes everything. And so just this morning, this is a pillar of our family. It's not just something in theory. This is a pillar. All the time we have our daughter doing this. And so I get her in the car this morning. We're driving to preschool. And she says, she's two, she says, Mommy, I want to do my declarations. Okay, let's do our declarations. And so my two-year-old is leading me in I am kind. I am kind. I repeat it back to her. She goes, I am strong. I am strong. My little Eloise saying, I am full of life and God has a plan for my day. And to realize she's releasing words of power into the atmosphere, because when we are agreeing with what God's saying and then releasing that out, that's changing us and that's changing the whole environment around us. So, This is such a practical, powerful tool that pushes, moves us beyond feelings, moves us beyond what we're seeing before us, and really gets us agreeing with what God is saying and thinking over us.
0: I love that so much. (laughs) I think, um, I I truly do remember the first time I heard you talk about declarations and you really did make us stand on chairs and yell these truths over ourselves. And I think like there's something so silly about that and so Mm -hmm. counterintuitive. Like we don't stand on chairs. (laughs) Like that's not normal. Uh, We're not normally that tall. We normally don't shout, you know? I mean, there was something so liberating about saying these things over ourselves. And I remember the first time I did it saying these, saying these truths and feeling like, gosh, I don't feel that way. Mm. But the thing is exactly what you're saying. We can either bend to how we feel or we can bend to what God said it says is true and truly practicing saying these things over myself and saying them to myself in the mirror and saying them every day, that's how it starts to feel true. And it's true regardless of how we feel, but that's how it starts to feel true is when Mm -hmm. instead of saying every day, I'm the worst, I'm, I can't do this. I'm, you know, whatever. That's like... In, instead of repeating those things, which th- things feel more true the more often we say them, we're actually saying the opposite and pulling ourselves in that direction. Yeah.
1: It's- yeah. Our our words are carry such creative power to them. And so we are creating what's before us by what we're speaking. And just like you said, if we are speaking words that I can't, I won't, I'll never... That is the world that will be around us. That's the way we'll see it and how we'll approach it and how we'll engage with it. Like you said, if we are speaking forth words that are saying what God is doing and what we're going to do with him and God is good and he has a plan and all the things of who he says we are and what he says that he's doing, it, it changes the world that we're living. And you know the difference in people who are doing this and aren't, people who aren't doing this or speaking those words of kind of, um, against themselves and those people the people around them are just kind of a downer to be around. They they feel heavy and kind of release this everything's wrong, nothing's ever right feeling to them. But the people who live this and believe this and are moving themselves each day to kind of to join God again in that are to me the most
0: inspiring. They're so inspiring to be around. Well, and if you think about it, like think of how you know, think of how, how far reaching this is. If you're sitting, if you are, you know, an HR manager person, I don't know mm-hmm. what you, what is that called? Um, if you are in HR, you're sitting down, and you're interviewing someone for a job. You can feel when someone walks into the room and they are, everything is wrong. I'm complaining about everything. You're not going to hire that person. The person yeah. who walks in with a smile on their face and a positive attitude, and who believes in themselves and the in the work they're doing in the world, and the mm-hmm. fact that you are good. I mean, the, the person who that person radiates life and joy, and that person is going to get the job. That person yeah. is going to get the date. That person is going to be asked out again. That is all of those things. Like when you get to bring that to the table, it is such a joy to be around, and you see that. Mm-hmm actually reflecting into every area of your life. And it's not even, you know, I think that we feel like, I don't know, conceited or something saying these things about ourselves. Like we are, we've been taught that we're supposed to have a low opinion of ourselves, but it's not even about our opinion of ourselves at all. It is, this is what God says. And if we want to disagree with him, like good luck, because he's a little stronger than us and a little bigger than us and a little smarter than us. It's, we're just agreeing with the God who made us. It, It doesn't even matter. It's not even about our thoughts about ourselves. Right, right. This is what he's saying and thinking over us. So we're just
1: joining in with him. We're sitting next to him and, and listening into what he's saying and then joining with him and speaking those words out into ourselves or our lives or our friends. I mean, some of the most powerful words you can speak to are to look at is to look at your friend in the middle of that place where they're struggling with disappointment and and releasing that word of just, hey, this is what God's saying it's not about this. There's something more he's doing here. And that can be such an encouraging thing when you find yourself in that place of disappointment, having other people join in and say, let me remind you of what God is saying. So. Yes. And, we can and when do you need to,
0: get on a chair. <laughs> yes, and when you need to, get on a chair. Um, and I feel like doing this for our friends is also a really beautiful thing. Like when we can look at someone else and say, this is what I see in you. This is who God is in you. This is like, these yes. are the gifts that I see he's given you. You know, I think we have this feeling again that having someone else having something means we don't get that thing. And that's mm-hmm. just not true. We live, God's economy is economy of abundance. And, yes. and so there is enough for you and enough for me. And so we get to celebrate each other and call each other up and say, like, there's something beautiful about you and I'm going to celebrate you big time. Mm -hmm. And when we, we get to partner with other people, seeing the truth about God and the truth about God in them. Um, Last night I had this really like super clear picture of what this could look like. Um, You know, we, we always say we are our own worst critics, which is just crazy because when we think about our relationship with ourselves, like, I don't, I don't know how often we actually think about the relationship we have with us. We're stuck with us. We every single thing we do in a day for our entire lives, we will be there. Every friend gathering, we are at the friend gathering that we go to. Every yeah. we are our most consistent coworker. We are we sl- snuggle with ourselves every single night. Like we are always there. And when when people say that it's normal for us to be our own worst critic, that means that we are working every single day with our own worst critic, and that is a terrible way to live. I was at an event last night, and um, I was speaking, and if someone had come up to me beforehand and told me some of the things that my mind, my own mind tells me sometimes, like, you're going to blow this. This isn't going to go well. You don't have anything good to say. I would have absolutely blown it. Mm. Instead, Carl got to be at this event. He doesn't normally get to to be there, um, but he got to be at this event. And before I got on stage, he gave me a hug and he said what his mom says to him and to all of us all the time. Um, it's actually from Saturday Night Live, which is really hilarious. But um, he gave me a hug and in my ear, he whispered, you're smart and you are strong and gosh darn it, people like you. And <laughs> And it just... I love that because that's what I got to go on stage with. And that's what I got to bring with me. And we get to be that for each other, reminding mm-hmm. each other of who we are and who God says we are and who God is. We also get to do that for ourselves. And when we do that for ourselves, living life, every single moment of your life with someone who loves you and cares for you and is kind to you makes all the difference. Yeah, And I feel like declarations, so speaking truth over ourselves is how we, is is that, that's the difference maker. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I love um, that, Caroline. If a woman listening is sitting um, in a place of disappointment right now, or mm-hmm. you know, waiting for something that hasn't come yet, or if a woman's looking around thinking, you know, my life is just not looking like what I planned, this is not what I was hoping for, can you just like speak some life into her and, and give her some encouragement? Definitely. So I would say to you that
1: a couple things: one, reminding her of who she is, that that the words that God says over you of of your value and your worth and your contribution and your calling and your destiny are true. And that what we are seeing today, what you're seeing today in your season is such a small snippet of the grand story he's writing in our lives. And that can be two things. It can be comforting to know that it won't always be this way. Disappointment isn't the destination. It is something that is a season in our lives and it could be many seasons of our lives, but God is doing more than just disappointment in our journeys. And so there's a comfort in that. And then too, there's a charge in that. This is the season that you and I get to live well, what our story is right now. And It's like a close pastor says that I was mentioning a little bit before, but I've gone to him in many seasons of life and said things like, Well, this isn't fair. This didn't happen, or wanting to say all the things that isn't. And he always responds back to me with the words of, But we are thankful. But we are thankful. So there's a unique opportunity in this season to come into a place of saying, Even with all that isn't, but we're thankful. But God is good. But he's still moving somehow. And there is something unique that you are invited into with God right now. And it can be really easy to look ahead to the next season. If I could just get there, then I will live it. If I can just lose that weight, if I can just marry that man, if I can just have that child. And if we're always looking ahead, then we're missing everything. But right now is the gift. Today is the gift. And what we do with today is the offering. It's the offering back to God to say, It may feel really costly It may carry a lot of tears, but even still, there are things that I can offer back to God in the middle of what is before me. The other thing I would say too is that oftentimes we all are walking through seasons of unmet expectations where things just aren't going the way that we planned. We wanted, imagine this season to look this way and it doesn't. But in that, what I think is always available to us is that though God may not be meeting our expectations, He's still doing something. And so what is available to us is expectancy. We can still remain so expectant that God is moving some way, somehow in the middle of everything that's before us. So I think the big thing I would say to someone in that season, which I resonate with and so many of us do, because we're all living it in some way. We're all living in the tension of what isn't. We're all waiting, hoping, dreaming for when something might change, is that today is the opportunity to live well our story and that with that, that we are fully equipped and fully empowered to do that well, to do that with presence and purpose and power. And to me, that's really inspiring to look at it and be like, you may not be everything I want today, but you're my reality and you're my gift. And so I'm going to live it to the fullest as I can. If anything, I'm going to be as bold as I can and pressing into what God is doing, even in the middle of really serious, raw, honest disappointments.
0: Oh, that's so good. Caroline, I have one last question for you. And we've never done this on the podcast before, but I, don't know. <laughs> I, think, we should, I think we should try it. Will you lead us in some declarations? Yes. <laughs> I didn't give you warning that we were going to do this, Um, but okay. maybe, yeah, you, if you lead us, I'll say them back and everyone can say them back with me. If you're in your car or wherever, if you're in public, you can just say it in your head or say it later, but just, you know, as we're talking about how to speak life over ourselves, mm. I would love to give just an example of what that looks like. And y'all, you can even take this and ch- try saying these things over yourself every day for a month. And I promise yeah. you, everything will change. Everything um, will change. So yeah, Caroline, this is, <laughs> I, I'm not going to stand on my chair, although I kind of want to, but you can <laughs> stand on your chair. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love lead us in some, in some declarations. Yeah, so I declare that
1: today is my gift and today
0: is good. Today is my gift and today is good. God, you are with me in this. God, you are with me in this. Your spirit
1: is in me and your power flows through me. Your spirit is in me and your power flows through me. My voice carries words of life to affect me and the people around me. My voice carries words of life to affect me and the people around me. My eyes see by faith beyond what's before me. My
0: eyes see by faith beyond what is before me. My mind agrees with the thoughts that you have for me, God. My mind agrees with the thoughts you have for me, God. And so I declare that I will live today well. So I declare that I will live today well. Fully in who you say I am. Fully in who you say I am with courage and confidence and boldness, with courage and confidence and
1: boldness and believing that no matter what's before me, it's
0: part of my story. And it has purpose and believing that no matter what's before me, it's part of my story. And it has purpose. So I'm grateful. So I'm grateful and I'm thankful and I'm thankful.
1: And I am going to encounter you today, God. And
0: I'm going to encounter you today, God. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Y'all write that down, read, read that over yourself. Look yourself in the mirror every day for a month and say those things and things, Mm -hmm. things will change. Yeah. Yeah. Caroline yeah, it'll equip
1: you well to live the story. Yeah.
0: Yes. Oh gosh, I love that. Caroline, thank you so much for being here. I adore you and I, I'm so grateful for for you and for your wisdom and for the openness that you live your life and the way that you've invited God into your life and the fact that you have turned around and shared that with those of us who are, you know, behind you because it reminds us of what's possible, and mm. and it invites us to step into the same. And so I just I'm so grateful for you and um, y'all. I will link to everything Caroline in our show notes, so you can follow her and be her friend, and so you can download her ebook. It is so good. There's so much in it we didn't even get to cover, but just trust me and go read it. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank friends. you so much. This is a huge honor, and I loved it. So thank you. You guys, isn't Caroline awesome? I just love her and I love this conversation and I am so happy you got to meet her. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. So if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. And for every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including Caroline's contact info so y'all can follow her and see so y'all can be friends. And so you can get her new ebook. It's super, super good. And Carl Wilson, my sweet husband, did the design. Super cute. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Now, before you go, I want to ask you guys a little favor. Would you mind just taking 30 seconds to leave us a rating and a review for the podcast? The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our Girls' Nights. So if you take one quick second to do that, it would be super helpful. And thank you so much to all of you who've left all those beautiful five-star reviews already. It means so much to me. Okay, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night, and it's going to be such a fun one. I can't wait. See you then.